This episode was recorded prior to the Patriots' loss to the Rams on Thursday Night Football. What's up, guys? Welcome to Sack the Podcast for Week 14 of the 2020 NFL season. And I'm your guest, I mean host, Arv Karm. So to start off, we're going to be talking about some hot topics for this week in the 2020 NFL season. Then we're going to move on to fantasy sits and starts. And to cap it off, all off, we'll be covering our games of the week like usual. So the first question of the day is, which teams could make a final run to reach the playoffs? And in other words, uh, what, what are your dark horse teams for the 2020 NFL season? Arnov, would you like to start off? Um, my dark horse team for the, this season is the New England Patriots. Um, right now they're sitting at six and six and they've, they've had a very rough season so far. However, the AFC East, aside from the, uh, the NY Jets, it's a pretty close division right now. Um, and I can, the, the team in front of the Patriots right now is the Dolphins and I can definitely see the Patriots being the Dolphins in week 15 and somehow sneaking into a sixth seed. And with the, the quarterback play last week from Cam Newton and the rest of the team, they're playing like a dominant team. Because they beat the Chargers 45 to something. It was, a, it was a blowout game, okay? Yeah, 45-0. Yeah, zero. Exactly. Just, it was a shutout. So it was a blowout game. So I can definitely see the Patriots, like, somehow sneaking into the sixth seed of the playoffs. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, if they play their cards right and they play, like, how they did against the Chargers, I can easily see them uh, winning out. They, they have a, a tough competition coming up. But, yeah, yeah I, kind of, I totally agree with you. Arya, do you want to continue? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, my dark horse team for the 2020 NFL season is uh, the Vikings. Um, and if you think about it, this year's Vikings squad bears a lot of resemblance to the Colts squad in 2018. You know, they both teams started one and five, but in the end, both of them made the playoffs, you know? And in this case, the Vikings have a very, very talented roster. You know, they have Dalvin Cook, arguably the best running back in the game, Adam Thielen, a very solid wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson, the record-breaking rookie wide receiver, and they have studs on defense too, like Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, and Harrison Smith, right? And to add on to that, their remaining schedule is very easy, you know? Um, It's actually 25th hardest. So they should have, they shouldn't have a very tough time. I could easily see them slipping into the sixth or seventh seed. And um, all this is, um, yeah, all this for the Vikings. I could, I could definitely see them making the playoffs. But the big thing in this situation is, um, is that the Vikings significantly rely on Kirk Cousins' play, right? Because, you know, he's the QB. He manages the game. And we know in the past, Kirk Cousins hasn't been doing, hasn't, hasn't done very good in big games. He, he kind of go, goes away in primetime games. And in playoff games, he's not very good either. But if you remember last year, he did beat the Saints in the wildcard round in a big game. So... Maybe maybe that's a factor, but yeah, that's that's what I have to say. The Vikings are my dark horse. Yeah, the Vikings remind me. I think the Vikings and the Browns are very similar this year, not in terms of record, but uh, they both heavily rely on that run game. And 
the QB plays kind of like uh to the side. It's like like both of them are kind of competent. I guess Baker Mayfield is kind of inconsistent, but yeah, they're they're two very similar teams, and I can see the Vikings definitely making a push. Encore, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the Giants. Um, I mean, you saw them against the Seahawks. They uh outplayed them on all fields of play. Um, you might be wondering why the Giants. Um, if we see like uh their last few games, uh, they've actually been in uh, a lot of games uh with a lot of good teams. Like they were um. They only lost by eight to, to the Rams, and they were eight and four, and first in the uh, NFC West. And they were a two-point conversion away from tying against Tampa Bay. It was a questionable call in the end zone, but, I mean, Tampa Bay is doing pretty good. I know they kind of fell off a little. They're uh, seven and five. But, yeah, so um, <clears throat> in terms of this week, uh, I guess the number four best run defense in the Seahawks, without Saquon Barkley, Actually put up 190 yards, 190 rushing yards. Um, and defensively, they got five sacks and made Russell Wilson turn over the ball two times, which has, I think, only been done like three times. And um, the Seahawks offense, well, uh, they were scoring like, what, over 30 points per game. They only got 10 offensive points, 12 points in total. And uh, before New York, the Hawks never lost to a team under a 500. And uh, the Giants, well, they were their first. So, um, yeah, the Giants are looking pretty scary. And I haven't projected to win the uh, NFC East. And maybe they might make a deep playoff run. Who knows? Yeah, I totally agree with Uncle on that NFC East point. Um, I, I definitely can see the Giants winning the NFC East, you know. And, you know, the Giants, like, their record doesn't tell the whole story. Right now, the Giants are 5-7. and seven. And honestly, I, I could um, see them being, like, you know, 7-5 and five if it wasn't for a few bad calls and bad plays on their end. Uh, like, uh, one, one game comes, like, right back to me, which is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants, the first ever matchup this year. Um, as you guys remember, Evan Ingram dropped the – Drop the pass that would ice the game and win the game for the Giants, but he dropped it, and Carson Wentz went on to score a touchdown. So uh, that's one game that, as an Eagles fan, I admit that they should have won. But um, you know, the Giants-Eagles rivalry is a you know a weird one, uh, and uh, there are a few bad uh, calls in the Buccaneers one. They should have won that, and two games if you count those as wins, they're seven and five. So yeah, I can definitely see the Giants um, making a playoff run to Uncle's point yeah uh yeah um i have a question for arnav so we know that the patriots with their super bowl level coaching with bill belichick and their elite defense with people like stefan gilmore and devin mccordy we know we know they can be legit but um i think the patriots playoff chances um they rely on cam newton's play so what do you think of Cam Newton's play, Arna? Uh, well, in the beginning of the season, Cam Newton was very inconsistent. He had some good games. People were calling him the comeback player of the year, like the first two weeks. But that all went away after he blew a couple of big, important games. And that took a toll on him. Like, you could definitely see he was not looking too happy on sidelines. Yeah, then, and he got COVID, too. Oh, yeah. How did I forget about that? Yeah, that, too. But then this past game against the Chargers, he finally looked like... Tw- 
maybe not full 2015 form, but like back, almost back to his MV caliber, MVP caliber, caliber season, right? So that, I think like if he keeps up that pace and is consistent with that, they will run away with the AFC East. Well, not run away, but like they'll slip into the sixth seed. Card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the AFC yeah. East is another very competitive division this year. Except for the yeah. Jets. <clears throat> yeah, except for obviously Cam, the Jets. Cam, Cam, Cam Newton really needs to be um, aware of his ball control because yeah. he, I mean, he turns it over too much. And the, a specific example of that is um, midway through the season, uh, they were facing Buffalo. And I remember they were heading down the field to try to score the game-winning touchdown and, like, Cam did a QB draw or something. And he went five yards, he, he got hit, he fumbled the ball. I mean, and if you want to be a winning team, winning teams can't make crucial mistakes like that. So I guess you'll see how that plays out into the season. Yeah, and there were, like, a few games where Cam blew, uh, like, a game-winning opportunity, too, like, if you count those as wins, then there will be the mix for like the NFC East title as well. Right. Yeah, they're like similar to the Giants. Like what I said, the record doesn't tell the entire story. Uh, the the fumbles and uh, the Seahawks goal line stand. I mean, that is football. Like there are some plays that out of your control, or some plays that like they're miracle plays. But that's just what football is. So, um, if it wasn't yeah, for a few um, plays, I could see them being uh, you know, eight and four, or seven and five. Yeah, and I have a question for Ankur. Um, so, uh, as you said, you think that the dark horse for the NFC is going to be the Giants. And um, even though the Giants are looking pretty good right now, um, also in that division is the Washington football team, who a few days ago beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, what do you think of their chances? Uh, I think they have some more chances, too. Um... I mean, if you look at the look at both of the team schedules, I'll probably side with the Giants more because, like, I think their schedule is more easier compared to the rest, uh, not the Redskins anymore, but the football team. Um, yeah, they're they're still a good team, but I just think that the Giants would have like a better advantage. They're pretty close in terms of like play style too. But yeah, schedule um, is probably the main difference that I would go with the Giants with. Yeah, um, yeah, but that um, disregarding the Giants, um, that Washington football team versus the Steelers yesterday, that win was that win was pretty impressive, and that kind of um, ties into our next question. Uh, do you want to introduce that, Aura? Yeah, that was a perfect seg- segue to our next question, which is, uh, what is the Steelers' flaw? Because you know, as uh, they just lost to the Washington football team, as Arya mentioned, uh, and. They just got their first loss of the season and are sitting at eleven and one, just still a really good record. And they lost, you know, to the five and seven football team uh, at a score of twenty three to seventeen. So, what do you guys think is the Steelers' biggest flaw? Um, um yeah. Oh, are you? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go first for this one. So, um, I think their biggest flaw is that they're not battle tested at all. Um, they have the games that they have won, they ha- they're not very big games. They're not very significant, to be honest. Um, uh, if you look back, they've had the easiest schedule in the NFL so far um, by a pretty big extent, and they've been getting carried by the refs in some games, um, specifically, especially the Cowboys game midway through the season. And um, some of the opponents... Um, they faced um, earlier in the season, they faced the Broncos. They barely beat them. I mean, the Broncos had Jeff 
Jeff Driscoll in what they're like third string QB. And I and as I mentioned earlier, they almost lost to the Cowboys, you know, who also had their fourth string QB and were injured, um, very injured. Um, and as we all know, um it it it's been going viral recently. A few days ago, they lost to the four and seven football team, and um, the Steelers. Um, they kind of look like frauds as of late. I mean, they they have a good, they have a really good defense. Don't get me wrong, but that it, that offense right now it's kind of lackluster. And also, this is not as significant, but they are a very young and unexperienced crew, you know, especially the wide receiver corp with. Um, people like Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a big personality, as we all know. And they also have um, guys like Deontay Johnson and James Washington. So, I mean, while they are a good team, I wouldn't count on them to win the rest of their games because they have the Buffalo Bills, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Cleveland Browns left on their schedule, which who are all good teams. So um yeah that's uh that's my take on that. Yeah, I think inexperience is a like a huge thing. Um you know you you need to be experienced to you know make a run uh and hopefully win the Super Bowl uh from the Steelers perspective. And there are, like aside from Big Ben that offense there's n- not really many like experienced players uh, in the wide receiving core. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is the most experienced player and he's only in his third year so that says a lot. So they do have a lot of talent, but they're expe- uh, lacking experience. So Arnov, what do you think? Um, I think Ankur can go actually. Oh, okay, Ankur. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'll say uh, adding in the Arya's point. Uh, with all that, I think they also uh, play down to the competition a lot. Like if you look back at the Philly game, like early in the season, I think it was week four. Um, they were, they were up on the scoreboard, like with halfway, uh, halfway through the third quarter, they were up like 31, 14 with a comfortable 17 point lead, but like they blew it, early, um, later on in the game, uh, the, uh, the Eagles actually pulled within two, it was a 31 to 29 in the fourth and the Steelers ended up winning that game. But like, we, we know the Eagles struggles already and, uh, for them to come back like that, I mean, it has to, there has to be like blame put on the Steelers there. And um, <clears throat> another prime example is against Tennessee. Um, they had a 27 to seven lead with like uh, close to 10 minutes left in the third. And the only reason I think they lost that, um, they won that game was because of uh, Steven Gaskowski's uh, missed field goal at the end. Otherwise, who, who knows? Like the Titans did good in overtime against Baltimore. They could have done well against the Steelers. And um, also in Dallas, I think it was like their eighth game of the year. Um, in the third quarter, they were down by like 10 points. It was nine, 19 and nine, Dallas. And coming into that game, Dallas only had two wins. So um, I, I don't know. I don't know how an undefeated uh, team would be down on the scoreboard big against like a team that looks at tank like Dallas. And um they were also very sloppy against the Ravens. They won by uh, five points, but you have to um, take into account that the Ravens had 13 players 
uh, due to COVID. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> they, they do play down the competition a lot. Yep. Yeah, I think the games where, you know, they struggle a lot are the games where the defense usually isn't playing up to standard. Uh, you mentioned the Tennessee game. They slipped up at the end. Um, the the Cowboys game as well, you know, they're playing a third string or fourth string quarterback. Uh, like putting up, giving up 19 points, that's just unacceptable for a top defense in the league. And, you know, Washington, that's also not acceptable. Uh, when you have the top defense, you shouldn't be giving up 23 points to the Washington football team offense without Antonio Gibson. And, um, you know, the Steelers, if they can fix and tighten up their defense and fix the like issues and tighten up the screws, you know, um, I think that's a key aspect in um, whether they make the Super Bowl or not or whether they make a good run in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think defense is also a really key issue. And yeah, all right, Arnav, you want to go? Man, so I think mine's a little, little different. It may sound weird too. I think the biggest flaw that the that Pittsburgh has right now is their TikTok dances, and not the dances exactly like by themselves, but they do all these dances pre-game, post-game. Well, only if they win, it's post-game because they didn't do it last time. They didn't do it last week against the Redskins because they lost. But they do all these dances. They're they're all hyped and stuff, and when you pair that. I think it's overconfidence. When you pair that overconfidence and cockiness with their record, it just, it gets their head. And I think that's what causes them to, to play sloppier because against the Redskins, they, they lost and they deserve to lose that game because two teams came to play. One team was the team that came for an easy win, the Steelers. And the other team was the team that came to fight the Redskins or the football team, Right. And the team that comes to fight will almost always win, and it happened again. The, the football team won. So I think that overconfidence and cockiness is what caused their downfall. And unless they clean up their act, their act isn't bad. It, it's a very fun dynamic, but it does give a bad image sometimes. So unless they clean that up, I don't see them making it past their their the second round of the playoffs. Didn't Chase Claypool yeah. something as well? Yeah, Chase Claypool... Chase Claypool said something like uh, uh, losing, never heard of her. So, obviously. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, he definitely heard of her last so, week. So Yeah. Yeah, that's what overconfidence can mm-hmm. do to you. Yeah, and this um, overconfidence, this overconfidence and cockiness um, that Arnav mentions, it kind of reminds me of the Ravens last year because, you know, um, they were a very dominant team last year. You know, they were 14-2, and two, the Ravens. Um, and Mark Ingram, like, um late through the season he started this uh he started that whole like big trust thing with Lamar and they got really cocky and um if you remember right they lost to the Titans in the in the divisional round so uh I mean I mean I'm I'm not calling it right now but maybe the same could happen to the Steelers you know yeah but like even that whole Ravens thing last year that's that's still a little different to me because last year the Ravens they looked like a like an amazing team last year. Like like they looked good. Yeah, they're not this very the, overrated. Yeah. yeah, the Steelers this year, they may be eleven and one, but they're not giving off those vibes of like the undefeated team, like the fifteen and one Panthers in twenty fifteen. They yeah, they're giving off the vibes of like a ten and six Seahawks team in like twenty fifteen, where it's like a little unsure, but like they're doing well, you know. They're not doing too good. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, they just need to tighten up on defense, uh, as I mentioned earlier. 
uh, not be too overconfident. And I think they could do pretty well in the rest of the season. Yeah. So I think we can all agree that um, that while the Steelers are, I guess, a legit team, they they still have some big question marks, right, guys? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, and I think this is a perfect time to transition into our fantasy stars and sits. So. Yeah, so Arnav, who are your sits and stars for uh, week 14 of the NFL's 2020 NFL season? So my uh, my start is J.D. McKissick, the, the running back for the Washington football team, right? So Antonio Gibson is unlikely to return from an injury. And, you know, the, the football team is a very run-heavy offense. So I think McKissick... He has already proved he's very capable of, of, you know, playing well. So I think he's a solid start. Then for my sit, I'm saying Kareem Hunt because, number one, Kareem Hunt is playing the Ravens, and the Ravens don't really allow many uh, receptions to running backs. And on top of that, um, I believe that Nick Chubb will get the majority of carries. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I totally agree with both of your uh, sits and sit and start. But, uh, Ankur, what do you have to say? Yeah, so uh, this this might come as a surprise, but um, I would say sit Kyler Murray because he hasn't really been performing well the last two weeks. I mean, he did have three touchdowns um, against the Rams, but I mean, the Patriots, uh, he, he did bad too. Um, and uh, well, I, I just don't know what happened to Kyler Murray. Uh, yeah. Um, the Giants uh, have a good defense, and uh, they're they they contain Russell Wilson. I think they're going to contain Kyler Murray as well. And um, the Giants, um, they're they're also good at run game, and Kyler Murray's been stuffed on the run too. Like last week, he had uh, 15 yards, and I think the week before, he didn't really have many yards either. And um, yeah, I know that's a surprise, but I mean, trust me on this one, sit Kyler Murray. But I would say start Aaron Jones because the last time they played the Lions, who are they, who they're playing, uh, week fourteen, um, he had 168 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, 68 receiving yards, and um, a receiving touchdown. He did really good, and um, I think he'll do really good uh, this week too because the Lions, you know, they really haven't really changed. I think they let up. Uh, 30 points against the Bears. And, um, uh, yeah, if, if, if it's the Packers, then the defense is going to get burned. So. Yeah, so going back to your Kyler Murray point, I'm pretty sure he's been playing with, like, a shoulder, a lingering shoulder injury the past couple of weeks. That was probably, like, hindering his fantasy value. So, yeah, I kind of – I agree with the uh, Kyler Murray point. Yeah. And you he- should definitely sit him. I, I don't know if that's, a like, 100% like sit, but – you should consider it. If, yeah. And obviously, Aaron Jones, he's a must start. So, Arno, I mean, Aria, what do you have? To, what are you, who are your sits and starts? All right. Um, so, my start is uh, DeAndre Swift running back for the Detroit Lions. And uh, this week, he's going against one of the worst run defenses in the league, the Green Bay Packers. And if you remember midway through the season, um, when the Vikings faced Green Bay, um, that was uh, pretty much a slaughter that Dalvin Cook brought upon them. You know, if you remember right, he had like a, what, 
three touchdowns over 200 yards um, and a lot of receptions too. So I would definitely start DeAndre Swift and expect him to do pretty well. Especially, and um, you can count on him because before injury, he had like multiple double digit games. So, yeah, start uh, DeAndre Swift at uh, a running back too or uh, at flex. And uh, my sit for the week is Jarvis Landry, and he's going against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who have one of the best secondaries in the league. You know, they have Marcus Peters, they have Marlon Humphrey. So, I don't think. Uh, Jarvis Landry is going to have a very easy time against that secondary. And normally, Landry's a very unreliable wide receiver. He's very boomer bust. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't start Jarvis Landry. So yeah, that's my sit and start. Yeah, and uh, about a- uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, with the presence of Adrian Peterson, uh, I, I think um, it's going to hinder his fantasy uh, performance. Uh, this upcoming week, but we'll have to see how DeAndre Swift performs. So, yeah, I agree with you on both of those points. So, with that being said, let's move on to the our key games of the week. So, Arnav, do you want to start off? Yeah, so my pick is the New Orleans Saints at Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they're playing in Lincoln Financial Field, and this is a big game. Um, Okay, honestly, I think the Saints will win pretty easily. But it's a big game because this is the first game where Jalen Hurts is starting because at the time of the recording of this episode, Carson Wentz was just benched. So this is really big news. I mean, everyone saw it coming, and we discussed it in previous episodes, but Jalen Hurts is starting, and he's very unproven. And in my opinion, I don't think the Eagles the Eagles, Eagles flaws are were because of Wentz, I think. It was because of the coaching and the play calling and the management. So I think this week will be when the whole NFL fans, like the whole the whole world sees that it wasn't Wentz's fault. It was actually the Eagles' fault itself, the organization's fault itself. And they'll know. So, yeah. Yeah, and Jalen Hurst is being immediately thrown into a fire with, by playing uh, yeah. the New Orleans Saints, like the number one ranked defense. So, like. That's just going to be a yeah. tough first start. So. Yeah. All right. Uncle, you want to go next? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Um, so my game is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Miami Dolphins. And uh, this is a pretty key game because uh, Kansas City had an unsatisfying win. It's Denver. Obviously, they won, what, 22 to 16. Uh, their offense kind of looked a little flat. Um, we're the they're not used to like they weren't used to like scoring as much against Denver and their defense. And uh, on the other other side, we have Miami, who's won seven out of their uh, last eight games, which is pretty impressive. And Kansas City's also been on a big win streak as well. So um, that it'll be interesting to um, see um how those two teams compare. And Miami also has a really good defense. So um, if Kansas City has any struggles, they'll be like, you know, inclined throughout the game. And um, the real question is uh, which team will pull through. And uh, I think it's pretty tough, but I think the Chiefs have more experience together as a team. And um, I think they'll pull through. I, um, 
I think it'll obviously be close. Uh, I don't think it'll be an uh, offensive game or a defensive game. I think it'll be in the middle because of how the teams match up. And, uh, yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah, I think the Dolphins' defense is going to be, like, a key – you know, a key focus point because, you know, they're shown, they've shown that, you know, they're a very good defense in the NFL. And um, I'm excited to see how they play. And Arnav, uh, I don't know if uh, you already said this, but what do you think the score, actually both of you, uh, what do you think the scores of both your games will be? Um, I think it'll be a blowout Saints win. I think maybe like 24 to 7. Not too much of a blowout, but like, you know, a big win. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. Encore? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I would say that um, it'll be in the middle. So, um, I'd say 27-24, Kansas City. Yeah, I'll be pretty evenly balanced. All right, so, Aria, what is your uh, key matchup of the week? My key matchup of the week is um, Bills versus Steelers. And this is an this is an important game because it has huge playoff implications for both the teams. Um, for the Bills, it's to stay in first place in the NFC. I mean the AFC East. Um, we know that's important with the Dolphins right behind them. And for the Steelers, it's um to keep a solid lead over the Browns in the NFC North. I mean the AFC North. Why do I keep saying NFC? But yeah, and um, this game, it's also for the Steelers to prove they're not frauds, you know, to prove that they can actually beat a legitimate, solid team in the Bills, right? And I mean, anyway, it, anyways, it should be a really fun matchup across the board, you know, a really fun game to watch. It's got um, cool matchups like Juju Smith-Schuster versus Tredavious White, you know, um, and you got Josh Allen versus Big Ben on opposing sides and all that good stuff. So it's I think it's going to be very close. I could see it going either way, but ultimately I have the Bills going out on top, maybe like 31 to 26. Yeah, I want to see how the Steelers respond to the loss against Washington and you know how they carry themselves on the field. So that's that's also a very interesting matchup. So yeah, we're going to end it off here. Thanks for tuning in and peace. <laughs>